This episode of the Rich Moy Runs podcast is brought to you by uh, me. If you'd like to sponsor this show in the future, I will happily take your money. As long as you don't supply nuclear weapons to our enemies or anything like that. Uh, today, we're previewing the 2020 Olympic marathon trials. Uh, I'm going to call my friend Joe G in a minute to break down the men's and the women's races. Uh, plus, we're going to test out a new segment that I came up with recently. Uh, I won't spoil it for you yet. Uh, but I will say that I think it could stand on its own as a separate podcast, and if I was an actual startup that had other people's money to spend, I'd launch it today. But I don't, so I'm not ready to throw down a few hundred dollars on a website and hosting services just yet, and uh, for now, we'll just see how it goes after today. Uh, anyway, on to our trials preview, but first, a few bars from my friends in the Agony family. Joey G, what's up? Uh, yo, yo. Should I, actually, I've been calling you Coach Joe for the last, what, two months, right? Yeah, two months. We got our first race together this weekend, so that'll be cool. Yeah, I better not, I better not F it up. Uh, yeah, exactly. I'll yeah. fire you. Yeah, I know, even though I'm paying you in, uh, <laughs> in lattes. I actually owe you a little money, but uh, anyway, trials. We're finally here feels like i've been waiting for this day for months researching reading about who i think might win i have been nerding out on this stuff for a long time you and i both um <laughs> this year is like a a real big and sorry for the uh sorry to the, the the church friends of mine who might be listening to this but uh this is a real clusterfuck for a lot of reasons this year um i mean for starters it's a historically large field um 511 women, 260 men, um, and uh, I, I I talked about this a little bit on one of my one of my stupid uh, some personal news uh, podcast episodes. But I mean, I, I, I there's been a lot of talk about lowering this or making it tougher for especially women to qualify in 2024. Um, and I've had some time to think about it since then. But I'll just start here. I mean, before we talk about anyone who actually, you know. The, the top contenders, I guess you would say. I I don't care if they make the standard tougher for 2024, but I don't know. I I guess I've just been on the side of things like let's let's not ruin it for the people who qualified this time by like complaining about it on Let's Run about how the standard should be should be should be faster. I, I mean, if they make the standard tougher, I'm actually okay with that. But you know, the, for for the people that qualified this time, just let them have it. Yeah, definitely let them have it. I mean, I think it's cool. I think maybe it also reflects a growing popularity and you know adults that have real jobs still going after it and trying to you know be passionate about running and really uh put their best effort which i think is super cool but yeah i mean the 219 for the guys i think that's pretty tough and i think you and i follow running enough that we see really good runners like sage Kennedy and max king and tommy ribs Poozy who can't get the standard and they're right. unbelievable runners. So, right. you know, 260 out of the whole country, but 511 women. And I think that 244, I just think in general, women's distance running in the U S has been superior to men's. And I think we can see that with the upper echelon of the field this weekend and how hard it's going to be to predict what's going to happen. But yeah, they may have to tighten that one up because 511 is a lot. And I think, competition is stiff enough as it is 
Right. Yeah. And especially with women, I mean, I, I know a few, um, maybe not personally, but, uh, they, they run with the, with the team I run with in New York who have full-time jobs, but just happen to run in college and either rediscovered it or, um, just, uh, kept running after college and, you know, broke 245 and they have full-time jobs and it's great. Um, so if they, if they make it tougher, fine, but I'm not mad that, you know, at least for, you know, it's cool to have at least one where so many women have proven that, you know, it's, it's doable. Well, not doable, I guess for most people, but you know, it's, it's, I just think it's cool to see, but yeah. And all things considered, it's not going to clog up the course. Like the New York city marathon has 55,000 runners, I think, you know, so what we're used to seeing, it's still not going to feel crazy. And I think the packs get strung out pretty quick in this kind of race where, you know, the top 30 or 40 in each race will probably be gone 10 K in. And I think after the half, you know, you're probably down to 20 dudes. Maybe you still have 30 women hanging around, but I think it strings out pretty quick that it's not like it actually has an impact on the race. So yeah, I mean, if these people want to, train their asses off why not let them take part i think it's yeah. cool yeah it's pretty cool and i mean worst case in my in my head you have you have a bigger pack of initial women who who like get their get their like two or three minutes of glory by leading in the first like 5k before they fall off but who cares like that's fine yeah which is hilarious when people <laughs> do that yeah there might be like 15 <laughs> women at the front who are like you know what i'm just gonna like pr the mile and then I'm just going to enjoy the rest of the day. We're just like, fine. You know, like you said, Atlanta's, Atlanta's not as big of a city as New York, but you know, I've been there, I've been there a few times. There's going to be plenty of room. So, you know, I'm, yeah, I think it's fine that, um, so many qualified, but I'm also not going to be too sad if they, they tighten the standard, uh, for 2024. Um, but, uh, speaking of, speaking of Atlanta, uh, the forecast for uh, Saturday, at least at the start, partly cloudy, 49, 56% humidity, which you know I obsess over. But um, oh yes, and the dew points. Yeah, <laughs> don't <laughs> don't let me get in the weeds on the on the dew points. But uh, yeah, I mean mostly ideal condition. I I didn't actually look at the wind. I should have. But um, I think we're not going to be the first people to talk about the hills in Atlanta. But Jesus. Um, it's a lot of climbing. Yeah. What is New New York has? I think eight to nine hundred, yeah, something look, like that. And I looked at my Strava entry from when I ran it in twenty eighteen. It was just under nine hundred, and outside at outside online, sorry, reported that um, this course has thirteen hundred feet of climbing, and uh, I've I've seen Molly Huddle compare it to a cross country race. I think Jared Ward said the same thing. Um, it's also going to get warmer in the middle of the race, so. Um, it's going to be interesting to follow. I'm actually surprised. I didn't think it would be as cool as 49 down in Atlanta, but I think that's, yeah, that's what it is at the start. I don't see it going much higher than 60 and the low humidity. That's pretty primo, but yeah, I mean, I think the Hills are definitely going to favor certain types of runners. I think experience will play a key. Cause if you think about, I mean, it's very rare. I think you're maybe the only person I know of someone that, runs New York city and does well their first time. Usually really good runners with really good PRs come to New York and everybody tells them 
save it for the bridges, save it for the bridges, save it, and they're wrecked by the time they get to the bridges, myself right. included. Um, <laughs> I, I, I will just never, think... sorry, I will never forget <laughs> how Kellen told us after, after I think it was the Monday after she she saw your, your half marathon split and was just like, oh, shit. She knew. <laughs> I just, yeah, to this day, I, I don't really know what was going on in my mind. It's all just like a blur of stupidity and idiocy. I, I don't really know what I was thinking, but you get caught up in the moment. Right. I think it's bad to be in the first corral too, because you just have open road in front of you, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, it might, it's good to be a little clogged up early on. I think it keeps you in check. Yeah. Agreed. It's, I mean, it's, uh, you, you, you hit on something that I hadn't even thought of, but it's going to be really interesting to see if any of the top contenders in the men's or women's side get just like caught up and they forget that, you know, it's 1300 feet of climbing and they get wrapped up in the idea that, you know, they're one race away from the Olympics. I, I think, yeah. I think they're better at the mental. I, I, I know they're better at the mental game than, than most of us because it's their jobs, but they're also human, right? Like you, would you be surprised if, I don't know if someone that we really want to make the team, we'll get into that a little more in a little bit, but someone we really rooting for just gets wrapped up in it because human nature yeah, I mean, I feel like it'll definitely have an impact. I also think it's going to favor the runners that choose New York and Boston over, say, like Chicago every year. Yeah. Uh, you know, specifically, you look at Rupp and Hasse. Yeah. They've never run a course that isn't flat. They're just PR hunting all the time. So I think someone like Ward, you know, I think yeah. someone like Dez that's run New York and they understand the impact that the Hills can have on you late in the race. Like you can tell someone, but it's like all valuable lessons in life. Like if someone tells you, you shouldn't do, you shouldn't make this mistake I made. You're going to make it. And right. then you're going to realize for yourself. So yeah. same yeah, with Sisson, I, I right? She, Sisson, Sisson Sisson's yeah, first marathon London. was London and she, she was fast, but you know, second marathon is a, is, you know, in terms of climbing, it's, it's a lot. And if you, it, yeah, it, if if you're not prepared for it, if if you're not, I mean, you can be mentally prepared for it, but you just don't know what's going to happen when you hit, you know, all those rolling hills. So, like you said at the top, it's going to be real. It it just it just feels really hard to call who's going to make either of these teams. So, um, but I, I'm, I I know we've been texting about this, and I'm I've gotten sicker and sicker of this crap, but. We're, we're everyone keeps talking. We're making a big fuss out of the shoes people are wearing, and I mean, fine, but we are are we are we the only two people on this planet who are who are really sick of this? I think everybody's got to be sick of it, but I don't know. Like, let's run dot com never stops talking about it. Yeah, I mean, you're looking at the large or the high number of qualifiers this year, and people are saying, oh, it's just because of the shoes. It pisses me off the most with. Kipchoge. Well, first of all, the people that are complaining about it, I think, tend to be like you don't you don't see Meb or right. Shalane. The one person who complains about it that surprises me is Des because I, I feel like she is a hard worker and accomplished. But it's usually like you know, like Kara Goucher is like spearheading this whole I know. thing, and it's like she's probably the most bitter person in running in the last thirty years. Like when Dina and Meb retired. They didn't just drag their competitor's name through the mud for right. five years. Like, so it's people like her that 
you kind of expect it from. But I think every shoe has theirs. Like, that's what kind of, uh, and I'm still picking Des to finish in the top three, but that's what kind of pissed me off with her is she's been complaining about the Vaporfly so much. I know. And then it comes out that when she won Boston, she was already wearing the Brooks, what do they call it? The Brooks Hyperion Elite. And apparently one of their, what they consider competitive advantages is the drainage, which maybe played a factor in that ring. Right. right? So it's like, yeah, it's a part of it, but I, I, I don't know. I think they all, they're all sponsored. They're all out there in prototypes and that's, going to change now but even as of this weekend they're all going to be out there in prototypes all the hoka runners already said that they're debuting some prototype that hoka made for them and that they don't feel at all like they're going to be disadvantaged to right uh the alpha flies or the vapor fly so i, I don't know I, I hope it's not three nike shoes on each side because then we'll it's just going to taint the excitement of yeah. the day and i don't think i don't think it's going to be like i don't either. i think it's entirely possible yeah the only pair of nikes we could see going to uh the olympics from the u.s could be on galen rupp's feet really right. like it's entirely possible you know right yeah i mean i on one hand i, I won't care if a, a lot of the team or a majority of the team is wearing vapor flies when they cross the line but i mean at the same time too there how many people are not running with a plate in their shoes this year don't i mean to, to some extent don't they have nike to thank for whatever new tech is happening on their feet yeah, I mean Nike's. Well, I think Nike is still like at least they're like uh, they're like Gillette to everybody else's right. chick razor, you know, like they're yeah. one iteration ahead. Yeah, but they force everyone to get better. So, I mean, it's yeah, it's not 2016. I I would feel differently about it if it was like 2016 and nobody even knew or when no one even knew that Shalane and Craig were wearing them. They just kind of look like white shoes. Um, this year, yeah, everyone knows. I, I kind of like it. Yeah. Just because it's spited. Just because it's spited Cara Goucher. Yeah. Like, I really watched the race the other day and just seeing her crying at the finish line. <laughs> and then knowing knowing the fallout that happened over the last year, four years, I, I was just laughing. I was yeah. so happy that that was the outcome. Right. Sorry about that. We're baking, uh, we're baking some bread for, for the baby, and the timer just went off. Uh, I'm going to check these it. things to, to make sure they're cooked so we don't feed them raw eggs. But yeah, um, I, I don't. Yeah, I I don't think people I I especially don't think the elites that are complaining like you said Des don't I don't think they have as much to complain about cuz everyone's got a plate now. So, you know, right. I think I think the playing field's about as as level as it's going to get. I mean, and uh you know, like yeah, just, it, just I, stop I, your yeah. belly aching about it, I guess. And I think the results of the race are going to shut people up because i think we're going to see a lot of diversity in shoe on those podiums right for sure yeah i mean going back to des too i mean like the she complained about she she complained about shoes in general more than we expected and then she went ahead and like you said she ran on a prototype but they painted it black so no one could figure out that it was it was different you know it just it looked like a pair of ghosts on her feet and yeah which is kind of shady. Like at least the Nike athletes are like, yeah, check out my bright pink or right. bright green shoes that you don't have access to. Right. Like you're out there painting your freaking shoes. That's like, uh, yeah. I mean, at least the Nike athletes are just owning it. Yeah. Like, that's right. I'm sponsored by Nike. So I have advantages. Yeah. That's what kind of made us come around in general on, on Rupp and Hasse, right? They were just kind of like, yeah, we're, we, we work with Salazar. You kind of know his deal. Like we're going to deny it a little bit, but, you know, you kind of know what's going on here. 
<laughs> yeah, they said they're like, we've never failed a test. And they're like, have you done things that would be considered immoral, though? And they're like, we've never failed a test. Right. So like, All right. Right. That's essentially saying telling it how it is. Yeah. They're essentially saying probably, but we don't know the rules as well as you do. So that's fine with us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I threw this in uh, last minute because I, I saw it come up on Twitter, which um, surprised me and it didn't, but uh, it, there's a chance that none of this even matters because uh, <laughs> the IOC official that comes up every four years that gets everyone everyone all riled up because his name is Dick Pound uh, stated... <laughs> Dick Pound stated uh, there's a chance that if uh, the coronavirus isn't under control by May, um, they could cancel the games. Um, And uh, I mean, I I thought it was I thought that was a stretch uh, when I first read it. But now there's uh, supposedly 83 people in quarantine in Nassau County. So it's 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 just all over. Oh, my God. You you didn't see that. I saw there was a little outbreak on Nassau County. Well, I, I don't know. I, I'm not sold on this whole thing. I'm okay. I'm from Nassau County. Yeah. yeah. So I feel like you. No one ever knows anyone personally when the media is going crazy over some right. plague that's going to wipe us all out. Like, is it even real? That's my first question. <laughs> Seems real to me. Um, but uh, <laughs> if it's if er, I guess at least if the 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 panic over this isn't under control by May, Dick Pound. Um, I'm never going to get sick of saying that, uh, yep. <laughs> says that there, there is a decent chance they would just cancel everything, not just marathon. Uh, there, I think the mayor of London offered, offered the city's services if that were to, to happen, but now we have outbreaks all over the place. So who knows? I mean, there's, there's a chance none of this matters in that Saturday is our Olympics, which I guess is fine. It kind of is anyway. It's not like any of our athletes can medal when they actually go up against everybody else anyway. So it kind of is. Yeah. I care. I'm much more excited for this. Like, I'll be excited for the Olympic marathon. Yeah. But only to see Kipchoge throw down with Beckley and then see, uh, you know, if Katani can keep up with cost guys still or anything like that. But right. that's all. those are all international storylines. Like, this this is America's – this is all their big day to shine. Yeah. I mean, Rupp, Rupp medaled in 2016, but – he doesn't have Salazar anymore, so who knows? Um, yeah, syringe up his ass after run. <laughs> yeah, all sorts of. Oh man, th- I'm, this is an aside. Did you did you see that that uh, BBC special on uh, on Mo Farah and how um, they had you know he he denied getting uh, additional uh, doses of L carnitine four or five times in an interview and then like left the room and found out they had all this dirt on him and he ran back in <laughs> and he was like, actually I would like to change my statement. <laughs> <laughs> I read about it. I didn't watch the interview, oh, but yeah. I... He... <laughs> I mean, come on. <laughs> really? Yeah, cause he ran outside and his buddy was like, like, no, I just told them that he did. And then he came back and he's like, it just dawned on me. Yeah. Yeah, Emma Coburn uh, went to town on him on Twitter for that. I mean, I think rightfully no. so. I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but any- <laughs> anyway, this is this is very likely our Olympics or our Olympic marathon on Saturday. I think the Olympics are still going to happen. Maybe it'll be in London. I don't know. Yeah. I, I guess. I guess if this is really the one, but it feels like every few years it's like. 
they're hyping up like the next alpha fly of viruses and then it never amounts to anything. So yeah, I, I don't know. I tend to take these things as like media hype. And then if you compare the numbers to just the regular seasonal flu, I don't know. I, I hope it's under control. Yeah. Then. If it's not, then uh, if it's not, I think we have bigger problems right. than the Olympics. No like if care. people are still being, yeah, people are still being, if, if they're not under control by the summer, it means like you and I are quarantined in New York City right. and there's a yeah. really big I've, problem. I've got, my, I've got my kid wrapped in like saran, you know, saran wrap with holes cut out for his nose and his mouth so he can breathe. But other than that, I just, I'm just like completely isolating him from the world because, you know, those of you <laughs> with kids out there, you know, you read, you read one article on CNBC and just, you look at your kid and you're like, wow, if that happens, whoa <laughs> you're like you can you can't leave the house till you're five yeah yeah too bad it's for your own good you're gonna need therapy for this someday but you'll be alive so you're welcome uh <laughs> anyway uh you want to start with the men's race let's break this thing down yeah yeah let's um, get into it do you do you have three people that you're that you can confidently say these are my three or have you just been waffling back and forth every single day with everything you read i think if you had asked me that question at the beginning of 2018 i would have been like rup and who cares um but yeah true it got interesting over the last 12 months right like i mean rup's probably gonna make the team uh a lot of people probably aren't gonna like it um i forgot about i I was i was rewatching the the 2016 trials uh at 4 30 this morning because because the baby got up and uh (laughs) <laughs> um i forgot that rup ran like he was on the track and even managed to piss meb off like you know the ambassador of running yeah he clipped him like three I think or four that times shows you i think that shows you that his competitors have a short leash for patience yeah. with him because they all kind of know what he's up to and that's why like he basically has to be a perfectly behaved otherwise yeah They're like everybody fucking hates you you know <laughs> he's like the houston astros of of distance runners it's just like everyone knows <laughs> yeah. everyone hates him like i don't yeah, know exactly i don't know what the equivalent of like throwing a you know a 97 mile per hour fastball at his head would be in in marathon running but i i know if i i don't know for sure i don't know any of the people running but i i have a feeling that if you were to poll them a, a decent percentage would say if you could think of an equivalent they would very very strongly considered doing it um but he's probably on the team right i mean yeah unless everyone that was between 218 and 219 agrees to just beat the crap out of him at the start line yeah uh, (laughs) all the b standards i think yeah i think he's the closest (laughs) thing we have to a lock i mean i kind of i'm picking the three favorites so I think Fable will catch Rupp, though, late in the race. Like, I think mm-hmm. uh, he'll run him down because I think Fable just has more experience on the hills, and he also didn't have, you know, Rupp was out for, like, a year yeah. and another three months. So he's not 100% Rupp. I think I think he'll be far and away the top American when it comes to the summer games, assuming they happen. But I think – I don't know if he'll be there yet, but I think it'll go uh, Fable, Rupp, and then I think Steady Eddie Ward is just going to – just manhandle those hills and he's he's, just, he's probably going to be one of the only people to even or uh like have a big negative split i, yeah. I don't know I, yeah i think it's those three i i do too um ward crushed new york last year yeah um, it was smart of him to do it that's yeah. like the meb playbook you know like meb yeah. was never about 
taken off. And I, I do worry, uh, like Huddle and Sisson on the women's side, um, I do worry about the people that took off this fall. I actually yeah. do think it's going to put them at a disadvantage. Yeah, I agree. I mean, uh, Ward ran 210.45 at New York, which is, I mean, in some years that wins. Uh, so, yeah. I, was it DeCisa that, that won last year, like 204 or something like that, or was that the year before? I think it was the year before. Yeah, but I mean, there are a lot of years where 210 wins. So, um, I can't think of one off the top of my head, but that's fast for New York. Uh, and, uh, yeah, he, he ran a smart race the whole time and, um, and he, he did a really good job covering surges the whole time. And you and I both know how hilly that course is. It's not, it's not close to Atlanta, but it makes me think he's almost as much of a lock for the team as, as Rupp. Yeah. And if you look at, uh, I think one of Ward's Achilles heels, like I think he's always had, good strength for a marathoner and i think that's why he's always been very reliable in the way he paced himself in the 2016 trials was just unreal i think there was a two second difference he was yeah. like on a des Linden level of pacing there but i feel like he sometimes didn't have the leg speed and he did drop a 101 36 half yeah in uh houston and he was the top american man there as well so i i think that it's a tune-up that shows you, all right, he's got the leg speed, and then I just feel like his strength, uh, maintaining an even pace, and I think the fact that he does New York and Boston every single year. Yeah. And if you look at the <clears throat> qualifiers that did a full, uh, Sable and Ward, their PRs came in Boston, and they both have New York experience, whereas a lot of the other top guys are, you know, Chicago, 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 then you have like some CIMs and some grandmas yeah. uh, thrown in there, but it's, it's not a lot of uh, Boston's and New York's. And I, I do think that that experience, like I think they're going to know what they're doing. I don't think they're going right. to panic when like Wamsley or someone starts dropping the hammer at the half mark, you know, who knows? <laughs> yeah. Cause this is like the, this is like the equivalent of a 5k for Wamsley, but uh... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but yeah, Ward went for it in Boston too. I, I know he took the lead at one point and like, actually held it for like a, a fairly significant amount of time before before he got overtaken but i mean he's got that mentality down too i mean he we used to i think we gave him we gave him a hard time in that preview because we we just wanted him to go for it and then he did it was like he was one of like the 50 people that listened to that episode and he was like f these guys man watch this and i mean i'm yeah, you're Absolutely. welcome, Ward. We inspired you with our yeah. podcast. Yeah, this this is this little podcast that I think only my mom and a few of her friends listen to. But um, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm sold. I I think he's he's. I don't know if there are any locks. I mean, it's the marathon. You just never know. But I'm with you. I think those are my top yeah. three. Um, Rupp, Ward, Fobble. Um, but we you you threw this out earlier today. Um. But the idea of who's in your heart's top three, um, that's not far off. I, I, I would actually maybe the only the only thing that my heart would want would be for Walmsley to replace Rupp. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, obviously, I like ultra running probably more than I like road running as a right. fan. So, but the thing is, too, I kind of don't. I would like Jim, I think, to finish in fourth because or fifth, so he's safely not going to the games because right. I want him to focus on comrades in utmb which are like two of the three biggest races 
an all truck and no one's ever won comrades and UTMB, let alone in the same year. So I'm like, I really want to see him go after those goals. Cause it's going to make for an incredibly interesting summer in the ultra running world. But uh, yeah, I agree. Like, uh, you know, even Rupp, like after 2018 in Chicago, when he was kind of just like, yeah, I gave it my best effort. I didn't win. I kind of started to respect him more. So right. if it is the three that we think it's going to be, I won't be mad at all, but I would love to see, Obviously, I wanted to see Jim have an impact on the race, which I think he will. You know, I could see him not letting them get away with a super pedestrian right. first half. Uh, I could see him, you know, being left when there's only six or seven guys because he's so much stronger on the hill. So it, it, it'll be interesting. I think he'll have a factor. But, you know, my guy, and uh, maybe it's because of my own personal injury history, but I really Ritz and Hyde. And I would yeah. love to see Ritz, like, put it together because if you just look at raw talent and prs from the track ritz is the only one that can come close to rup yeah in the whole field but he's just like i think he's finished one full since 2015 or 16 and it was uh he limped to the finish line at a 216 um yeah i mean it it would be uh it would be a small miracle yeah Ritz put it all together. You you never know, and that that would be a cool storyline. Like if Ritz is hanging around at mile twenty one, twenty two, then yeah. I, I think all of a sudden everyone is going to get really friggin' excited. But I yeah, I, I just I don't. My mind says no, but my heart is definitely going to be watching for where he is in the lead pack yeah. throughout the day for sure. You might know this better than me, but um, do you know how they do seating or their corrals or anything? Because I just saw that Ritz is a his he ran a B standard in Boston. So he's not even an A standard. I don't know where that, what that means for where he lines up. Um, mm, I don't know either if they do like a, like corrals or something. I would imagine that. Yeah. Cause I mean, there's I mean, only an A and one big corral. Right. Cause there's only an A and a B standard. Right. So you would, you would assume that like the, the everyday schmoes who happen to crack to 19 would maybe just not try to force their way to the front. Whereas someone like, Ritz would be like, all right, like I actually want to make the team, so get out of my way. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how that works. I also don't know how to have, if every, is every M qualifier a, a B standard then? Yeah. Or so, are there Bs? Yeah. So you have to run at least a B to be in the race, but yep. Ritz ran, or Ritz's qualifying time was a B, so I don't know what that means for where he lines up. I'm with you. I would like to see him put it together, you know, one last time. I don't even know if this would be the last time, but one more time. Yeah. Surprise everyone. I think he had two really good halves in the buildup. I remember him running a low 101 in some random, I think it was the Nashville rock and roll in 2018. And then I want to say he ran the great run in, in London again last March and he had a good yeah. showing. I heard, I heard somewhere that he has the fastest half of any American, uh, in the last year or, or something like okay. something to that effect. Yeah. So he has, he has something, but I think everyone that got in on just a half alone is considered a, a B standard. So yeah, yeah I don't know where they, how they work that out, lining them up. That definitely will play a factor. Yeah. I didn't mean to. I didn't mean to crush your dreams there, but I just saw that and was like, "Oh shoot!" I don't know if it's like a like the everyday schmo race where you get a letter and your self identity is tied to it and your self worth. But um, 
I mean, well, let's see. Though, like, I'm looking at the list of qualifiers right now, and if he's like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, uh, let's say twenty. Maybe you get like 30. a number based on like where on this list you are. I don't know. He's about he's about like a hundred or maybe more. Yeah, he's like a hundred or so down. So even still, I don't know. I don't know how. Uh, yeah, that'll be interesting. That yeah. If there's people that are getting out there a little bit after every. Imagine uh, <laughs> it comes down to like gun time versus chip time. That would I know. be freaking madness. I know. I they, I hope that I'm, doesn't play into it. That would suck. I I'm sure it won't. But you're right. If it does, <laughs> whole, holy cow. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Hopefully they thought of that because that would be the most anticlimactic thing of all time. If they're like, wait a minute, we gotta see what this guy's chip. Yeah. That would just be so stupid. Yeah, how much time did he spend in the corrals before he crossed the line? Oh God. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I doubt it, but I will. I will make a note of it to to see where or how they line people up. I I think in 2016 it looked like a big blob, but I also wasn't paying as close of attention back then as I am now. So I don't know. Um, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, anything else on the men before we, uh, move on to what I, I still think is the more interesting race? Yeah. The impossible to pick. I know. Deserves. The thing too, is there's going to be women that aren't on that team that could probably like top 10 in, in the actual in the games. Ma- yeah. Know? I know. I mean, even with Craig out, which by the way, sucks. Um, they're... yeah. Watching the 2016 and, just like the way she was being a teammate to Shalane, I was yeah. just like, man, what a shame Craig isn't going to be in the race. She probably could have won that race by like four minutes if she won. Or... Yeah. I, I forget how much she won it by, but it wasn't that much. She probably could have won by four or five minutes if she had just dropped a hammer and said, Shalane, figure it out. But it was cool to watch them work together. And it just, I mean, we knew Shalane wasn't. <laughs> the funny thing is, Shalane actually has a qualifying time. So if she had decided not to retire, she and obviously she qualified but she's actually on the usatf website for the race <laughs> um, i know i saw that <laughs> but yeah it sucks that she's out but even even with the two of them not running this year what would you say eight or nine women with a realistic shot of making this team yeah at least i mean uh, yes at least because you even have like yeah it's so tight i mean you look at all the women that are under 230 like that's you know, a lot of uh, times a top American woman in a marathon is 230, and there's I know. how many of them that are under 230 with, even in this race. So, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be, be wild. A, it's going to be a mess, uh, but in a good way. Uh, <laughs> it's going to be so intense. I, I can't wait to see how it plays out. I know. Yeah, I, I think it's definitely, I think the gym storyline and, like, what is Rupp going to do, how the hill is going to impact, it makes both races super interesting, but just the competitiveness at the top of the women's races. Yeah. Insane. Do you think if Hase is feeling really good, and I don't, I, I don't follow her on Instagram and anything like that, but if she's feeling really good, could you see her at like mile 15 just making a move and telling everyone that they're either coming or they're not? No, I think she's capable. Let's say, let's just say everybody was equally healthy. I yeah. think Hase is capable of, beating the field by two minutes and I don't really think anyone else in the field is because something 
is different with Molly Huddle than it used to be. Otherwise, I think she would be the odds-on favorite, even with a healthy Hesse. I but agree. She, she doesn't really race like that. She's very conservative. Like, I think Hesse, and part of, I think, what makes her and Rupp a little boring is they're not risk-takers. Like, they don't go for broke, you know? Like, yeah. both of them are going to, both of them in the post-race interview, let's say both of them qualify, both of them in the post-race interview will say something to the effect of, Third is as good as first today. You know, they have kind of like a like a lame mentality almost. Right. Yeah, that's true. You think so? Yeah, I think so. Do you think there's anyone in this in the women's field that might get impatient? I don't know if that's the right word, but I don't know, like mile fifteen or sixteen just decide to, to throw down like a like a five fifteen or or better and say you're either coming yeah. or you're not. That's exactly how I see it going and i think that person is going to win the race yeah you know who i'm predicting is going to do that my guess is sisson but no if i'm wrong i'm not sure i think she doesn't have the experience to want to do that i think i think it's sarah hall's day this yeah weekend. i do too did you did you read uh aaron strout has been doing a series on on uh all the top uh female competitors uh and and their training and Apparently Sarah Hall just like tortured herself on hills to prepare herself for yeah, this. She, just, she throttles like every day. Um, yeah, I, I think Hall. I didn't read the article, but I I it's good. To a podcast should... with her earlier today. Oh yeah, which one? It was Ryan. It was her oh husband, okay. It was interesting. Got it. Yeah, she. I, I'm. Yeah, as soon as I as soon as you said that, I was like, oh, of course. Yeah, she's just been. She's been crushing hills, and she's. Uh, I I'm with you. I I think she might actually be more of a favorite in my head than than Hasse, just because I mean Hasse's had some injury issues, and we just don't know. We don't know what kind of we don't know what kind of not shape. I mean, we know they're go- they're all going to be fit, but I don't know how healthy she is. Yeah, it's always a question mark with Hasse. And every race, she says, I had a great buildup. I feel great. And unfortunately, more than half the time, she says that. And then three days later, she's a scratch. So it's tough to know what you're getting with her. She did post an Instagram video the other day. And her gait looked a little off in it. And there was K-tape on her uh, hamstring. Mm. So I hope she's healthy because I think she deserves to have, like, an honest shot at it because you know she is the fastest woman in the United States in the last four years. So it right. would be super cool to see her at at close to 100 percent out there. I I just I don't know if it's going to happen, and I think her lack of experience on the hills is going to is preventing her from being a favorite. Right? Because what was it? She she won Chicago, right? In uh, did she win it or she was the top? I think she podiumed. Oh, she podiumed. I think Rupp, Rupp, yeah, Rupp won it a couple of years ago. Yeah. Right, but I mean, she's got the fastest PR by almost a minute or over a minute now that Craig's out. So yeah, you just don't know what's going to happen. You know, now that she's not running Chicago. I mean, she uh, was it Boston that she dropped out of last year? Like I think, a day before the race, something like that. Yeah, yeah, I can't. Yeah, something like that. And so we just don't know what she's going to how she's going to respond to the hills, which, you know, obviously no disrespect because 1300 feet of climbing is basically a trail race, but 
We just don't know. Um, yeah. But the, I mean, we we talked about this too. Does the climbing mean this is the perfect course for Dez? Yeah, I think Dez will be pretty clear in second place. I mean, I think she'll she'll run like Dez does. I don't know. Every once in a while, she'll push the pace. But I don't. I could see her pushing the pace a little early and then settling in and letting someone like Hall go later. Mm-hmm. Like I, I think Dez is good for keeping the pace honest early on, but yeah. I don't think she makes like overly authoritative moves too often. She did in New York this fall because I think she didn't really care. Yeah. But yeah, I think I think Dez is a lock, which is kind of funny because in a lot of the pre-race hype, it seems like people are sleeping on Dez a little bit. And yeah. I, yeah, I, I think she'll be on the team. Yeah, I, I think the outside online people pick Dez, but it's it's not a consensus across the board, um, which which is actually a, a bigger board than it, it feels like it's been in the past um, because there's a lot of coverage on the women's race. I did not yeah. realize how this this podcast was just not going to be that unique. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I she's, I think, I, I wouldn't be shocked if she, once she's done on the road, she transitions to ultras. Um, so yeah, she's, she said she wants to. Yeah. So this, this seems like if there's any sort of, aside from any shoes or whatever, if there's any advantage, it's dead on a hill. So, or a hilly course. So she's in my top three. Yeah. And I think she just has like a, overall kind of gangster attitude about the way she approaches racing and life. Like, right. I don't think, I, I think she's ready for the Hills, but I also don't think there's a scared bone in her body for them. Whereas I think other people are like trying to get ready and it might be in their head. Whereas I think Des is just like, I'm about to go fuck some Hills up this <laughs> Saturday. Like I don't think Des is scared of anything. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that's true. I think you won't get any of them to admit that the Hills kind of freak them out, but you have right. to you have to imagine that like if they if they're at home and they're they're rolling out or stretching or whatever it's in the back of their minds like oh boy i do not know what that's going to be like whereas des is like yeah bring it on yeah des ain't scared yeah um do you think huddle's one what of those people three spots um if huddle is as fit as i am rooting for her to be i think she's she's in my three spot um, but I, I'm also wondering if she's one of the people who secretly kind of like, I don't know about this, even though she did really well in New York and she's, she's got experience. I, she's been, you, I think she's been a little off. I mean, she, she, she PR'd in London last year, but I think what was she saying? She was fit for like two, like low two twenties, right? Yeah, for all intents and purposes, it wasn't a good showing. She she wasn't happy. Had a really it. bad yeah. She had a really bad last five k, and it was a PR, but about I think it was eleven seconds faster than she ran in New York. And you right. should be about five minutes faster than you are in New York. Over yeah. There. So it it wasn't a great showing for her. Yeah. Especially so, for she's Molly Huddle. Like you expect. Right. When she moved up to the marathon, I she she broke freaking Dina's half marathon American record. Yeah. No one's only Hasse Hasse's got the second fastest uh half. full marathon oh, time full. Yeah. in US history. And she's still a minute and twenty seconds or something like that behind Dina. I thought Huddle would be going after that the last year or two. And yeah, I, I don't know if she just waited too long to transition or if she, the 
Boston race just stayed in her head yeah. after it happened. But something is, uh, yeah, she's like, if you think about the Houston half tune up for Sarah Hall to run away from her, they're, they're both yeah, I know. doing that race in the middle of a block. So it's not like huddle was more tired than hall. It's, it's weird. It's weird for Molly to not. And she was about two minutes slower than her American record there, which was only two years ago. So right. it, yeah, something's, something's weird there. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I'm a, I'm a fan of hers for a lot of reasons, but I think one of the things we, we've talked about shoes and I'm sorry to bring it up again, but if you look at her Instagram, she's raced the last two or three races in just like an off the shelf pair of Kinvara's or uh, freedoms or I forget the model, but they're like the shoes she posts. They're like dirty. You can tell she's trained in them. They're, there's obviously no plate. And I just, I respect the hell out of that. So she's somewhere in between my top three and my heart's top three. Cause I don't know. I'm the same way. If I could, if you ask me who do I want to win the race, like I still, it still bothers me when huddle celebrated early and missed out on getting a world I stage medal. I, I, I thought maybe the marathon would be when she would finally get that world championship or that Olympic medal. And yeah, like my mind is even when we were heading into Houston, I was like, Oh, she really is not a good performance, but I still believe hundred percent. Like I was like, whatever, she's going to drop the hammer on this field and it right. didn't happen, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So right now I'm going to say she's in my three slot, but I won't be surprised if, if someone like Kellen Taylor takes it from her by a, a pretty big margin. Uh, yeah, that's who I'm picking for the three spot. I'm going with Kellen Taylor for that. With my head, I'm going to say it's going off. Yeah. Paul Dez. I just think Kellen Taylor's been close a couple of times. She took a big gamble when she was a, a pretty unknown commodity in 2016, which shows she's not afraid to go for it. She fosters a bunch of kids, which is pretty amazing. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, I like her for the yeah. three spot. It's hard not to like her as a, as a human being for doing all that. And, uh, yeah, she came in fourth in in twenty sixteen, right? She, she, I don't know. If she, she faded just... to fifth, I think, or oh, sixth. Okay, but still, yeah. she was right there as an unknown, and now she's got more experience, and she won grandmas, right? Yeah, she won grandmas. She was only ten or so seconds behind. She almost ran Dez down in New York in November this year. Yeah, yeah. Um. So, oh man, I think now that this is what makes it so hard. There, there are days where I'm like, oh, Huddle's on the team. She's in my three spot. And then I think more about Kellen Taylor. I'm like, there's no way Huddle beats her. And it's just, yeah, it's, it's just it's impossible. Hard to pull. Yeah. Cause I could also see Huddle and Fifth and pulling a Shalane and Craig 2016 and just right. breaking away and just the two of them happily trotting off into a comfortable one, two. Like I, if Huddle's right and, you know, the hills are uh, not a problem for Sisson, I could totally. I think the two of them are probably the most talented when, when they're at their full capacity. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's a bit more of an unknown, but I, I could totally see the two of them pulling a Shalane and Craig. Like, who, who knows? This race could really go a bunch of different ways. You, or like you said, if Hathaway's stealing it at mile 20, do, do they all just start falling off of her? Like, who, right. who the hell knows? It's, it's, such a, it's so hard to call it. Yeah. Um, so who's in your – I'm – Who's in your heart's top three? I don't know if that's any different than your your official top three, but who do, uh, who do you yeah, want to be on the my team? Heart, I'd, I'd like to see Huddle get the number one because I always thought when she moved up to the marathon, she was just going to be unstoppable because she yeah. was so damn good at the half. Yeah. Um, I'd love to see Huddle kind of 
run away with it and just remind everybody who who's in charge on this continent. Uh, <laughs> I'd like to see that. And then I, I would, uh, I would like to see Dez get on another team and I'd like to see, yeah, man, it's hard even with the heart. Cause I, I think Sarah Hall really deserves to finally break through, but I also yeah. think Helen Taylor does. I guess maybe if I say hard, I say huddle Taylor and Hall, because all three of them are a little older, and right. you'd like to see them get their crack on an Olympic team. I guess I'll say I'd like to see those three. It was my choice. What about you? I think I think I'm 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 with you on that. Uh, yeah, I I actually think Sarah Hall could win. Um, she might be, she might actually be my pick to win. Um, yeah, maybe it's because uh, did I tell you about the time that I think it was I was doing a tune up or something before a half. And, uh, oh yeah, I was, I was doing a tune up before Philly and she was in the park with me or I, I bumped into her in, in central park, um, while she was doing like a shakeout or something for uh, before New York. And we were both doing six minute pace and it looked a lot different when she was doing it than when I was doing it. <laughs> and, yeah, uh, she was a smooth probably. Oh yeah. She was in her, like, she was in like a pair of clunky daily trainers just like trotting along and I'm, I'm like sprinting down uh uh cat hill on the downhill to to try to make my time and <laughs> so i don't know you're like cheating you're you're on rollerblades yeah I, I have those bouncy shoes that that kids in the 90s had like trying to do six minute pace and she's out there trotting i don't know if it's recency bias because and especially because i saw her in person but i don't know she looks strong she looks she looks strong that day and i read about I wrote about her training block on uh, on on uh, or in that Aaron Strout piece, so I I, I think she I think she's gonna win, and yeah, I, I it's like the men. I think who I want to make the team isn't that much different who I than who I think is gonna win. Yeah, it, it's close, and I'm like if it ends up being, I also think Hall's gonna win, and like I said, uh, if it ends up being her, Dez, and Callum Taylor, I'm. I'm totally happy with that outcome. Or if you swap in Molly or Sisson for Taylor, yeah, I'll be okay with that. I think it would bother me a little if Sisson made it and Huddle didn't, because it's kind of like your little sister, like you know, getting prom queen or something. Right. Like that. I don't know. I feel like <laughs> like Huddle <laughs> has always been like Sisson's definitely benefited for years of training with a superior Molly Huddle, and it's only been the last year that she's kind of pulled even with her. So yeah, I think I would rather not see that just because of like imagining molly have to like being like oh god congrats i'm so happy for you i'm just gonna go home and drown myself now (laughs) yeah especially since molly is i think she's my age i think she's 33 so by 2024 she's she's gonna be 37 and you know i i read i think she's older is she maybe she i think you're right but either way i i read meb's book on on a plane back from new orleans this weekend and i mean even he i i loved how much in the weeds he got about you know like mentally he was ready to cover moves later in his career but his body just wouldn't do it so you know a 30 yeah. year old huddle might be like mentally there but it, it like there's no there's no shame in it not being able to respond to like a 24 year old making a move at mile 17 you know so i'm with you i i, I hope muddle you know if i had to choose between uh sisson and huddle i hope it's huddle but you just never. You just don't know. Yeah, she's thirty-five, and Sisson's twenty-eight. Oh, wow. So that so, that would that would explain why if Molly lost a step and Sisson is hitting her prime, that would kind of explain why that gap's closed. You know. Yeah. Oh man. So it's tough. I, I think. I think there are more women 
I'd be okay with making the team than men. I I don't know. Yeah. I think I'm a fan of more of the women in the race than the men. There there are just a lot of men running that I don't know anything about and just like if I mean, I guess it'd be cool if like Noah Drati had the day of his life and made the team. Yeah, I'm cool with that. Anyone yeah. on like uh the ten man elite or the Nas elite. Basically all those teams based in Arizona yeah. I think are pretty cool. But yeah, like you, I I think uh because less of them put up a good showing, whereas women distance runners on every level, you look at Houlihan and Simpson down in the 1500, Colburn in the steeple, like yeah. the, the women's distance running is just better in the U.S., so we just know of more of them. Yeah. Yeah. I can't wait to watch this on Saturday. I don't know how I'm going to watch it with the baby. I, I might have it on my phone all day and just kind of check in, but I can't wait. That's on NBC. Yeah. I have the app, so... That's how I watched Boston yeah, last I year. Can't wait. Yeah, it's gonna be on somehow. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, oh man, I have been looking forward to this all day. Um, but speaking of people we are not fans of, um, who would not be in our, you know, the, the the cluster of people we would be happy to have on the team. Um, I guess it's time to pour one out for Gwen Jorgensen, right? She uh, she dropped out of uh, not only the uh, the race on Saturday, but dropped from the marathon altogether. And she apparently is going to try to make the Olympic team on the 10K. And, uh, whoo, boy. I mean, good yeah, luck. good luck, I guess. Pour one out and right into the glass of her competitors because she was going to, she was hands down going to take the top spot. She <laughs> ran a... She ran a 244 in New York once, so she was the best marathoner to ever live that we were all just going to find out about. Yeah. Uh, yeah, who who knew that running for a marathon, training for a marathon is incredibly uh, difficult, and the first person that ever did it dropped dead from it. Like, right. who knew that it was that difficult? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. What a shocker. I really thought with her alpha flies with eight different carbon fiber plates and her overall just desire to win the gold medal in tokyo she would just be a shoe in but oh man what a shocker yeah. that was yeah didn't see that one coming she is a bag of excuses but here's an interesting question so she wants to make the team in the 10k right i can tell you one of those spots is almost definitely gone because infeld's taken that oh yeah do the do the other two spots go to someone who's running this Saturday and doesn't make the team, do you think? Because I think there's going to be a boatload of women that don't make the team that are better than pretty much every <clears throat> 10K runner in the U.S. apart oh, yeah. from Infeld that are going to be like, all right, I'm heading to the track then. Yeah. I mean, Huddle crushes 10Ks. Yeah. she She's really good on, er, on the track at 10K. So I could see her, especially if she... Oh God! Like, what if she finishes fourth behind Sisson, who finishes third? Like, you, you can't tell me she wouldn't look at the 10K and say, "I can make the team," right? Oh, I think there's probably a part of Huddle that's like, "I'm better at the 10K than I'm at the marathon," I think and so too. she might be. She might. She might be right. So that's one spot gone. Yeah, Gwen. I don't know. I, I suspect that she grew up incredibly wealthy, so she just doesn't understand that she can't have everything that she wants. I immediately uh, i think that's that's she's one of those cases where it's like well this is what i want so that means it has to happen but she uh it's a shame you know she she could be a big story heading back trying to double in the try but instead she 
I know. And flapping her lips, talking a bunch of shit, and none of it worked out. <laughs> yeah, I, I know. I think maybe that's part of it too. She's won a gold medal before, so she. I don't know. Do you? There's some like. There's some like transitive theory. I don't know. I don't, I'm not smart enough to get into that. But do you, do you think like some something in her brain said, if I can win a gold medal in one event, what is stopping me from winning a gold medal in event in an event that I actually want to do? Yeah, like she has like Conor McGregor syndrome where she's like, oh, as long as I just envision it, then it can happen. Yeah. That's not really how life works. You're just very gifted at what you do. Yeah. She's like one of those, uh, those Instagram influencers, like the everyday people like me who write the like 600 word captions about how running inspires them to, I don't know, cure coronavirus or adopt 10 children. And they did like a... (laughs) I, yeah. I I could do a whole we could do a whole episode on on that stuff but I it's just like I think because I follow so many pro athletes on Instagram I get served those suggestions all the time it drives me nuts but anyway uh <laughs> anyway Gwen yeah, poor, poor went out for Gwen later yeah. Gwen nice knowing yeah yeah I mean she's I would feel bad right I mean it it's she she technically I mean if it, she worked hard to get to the point she was at but also, I mean, I, I think there were there were a lot of reasons that someone like there were people like us would never like her. The, the YouTube series drives me a little nuts. Where like you, she, you can tell she's like she's really mean to Patrick. <laughs> yeah, I I do think she's going to leave Jerry and be coached by Patrick, which means she's going to tell Patrick what workouts to write, and he's going to write them while she stands over him with a cane yeah she's gonna yell at him because her salad didn't have enough chickpeas or something and she's gonna she's gonna <laughs> hire like a, a like a full-time all pair that happens to look like her so so stanley doesn't realize she's gone all the time like <laughs> it's just it's just like the youtube channel drives me nuts like i, I don't care don't i uh our friend uh our friend john or better known by his last name now is uh Jamilawan, did bring up a good point. Uh, if you're not one of the elites, I guess you have to pay the bill somehow. But man, that that YouTube stuff drives me nuts. Yeah, I don't know who's I don't know who's watching it. I mean, it might be like ninety percent of people like me and you who watch it because we don't like it and we enjoy not liking it. Yeah. Maybe that's maybe that's who's watching it. I'm, I'm not sure. Yeah, and but occasionally, yeah, she's got a pretty good following with all that crap. It might be a lot of people like us who occasionally ho- or just check in to see if she's giving away a polar watch. So we can we can enter the contest, but it's not like I I would be very I I don't know if there'd be any way to measure this other than like a full blown survey of her followers. But I wonder of them how or I wonder how many or what percentage of her followers are actually rooting for her versus those of us like us uh, who are just kind of it's it's like a little bit of Schadenfreude and we're just we're just really getting a a, a rip out of her like blowing in on a five k course or a five k race with with a bunch of college kids. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> who knows? All I know is she's not making the team, and uh, yeah, I think everybody knew that the whole time that she wasn't. Yeah, gonna make. Yeah, so I don't think she's making the team in the ten k or the five k or or anything. But I mean, hey, if she felt like she didn't like being a triathlete, I guess who are we to tell her that she should have kept doing it? You know. Yeah. So uh, the odds are that. She's going to be watching it from her couch like most of us. And, uh, yeah, just 
big old salute to Gwen. Good luck with yep. whatever it is you're Later, trying Gwen. to do. Um, all right, so uh, we, I, I threw this in very last minute, but um, I had this idea for like a standalone podcast that I still think might work, but I'm not, I, like I said in the intro, I'm not paying for all that uh, website hosting and podcast hosting for it until we get an idea of how it works. But because uh, the trials are essentially a job interview, uh, we're going to do a segment here that um, that I'm going to call We Regret to Inform You. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it, I, I, I think we both have, or, or most people listening can think of at least a dozen stories of, of job interviews or, or applications or whatever that just did not that you're never going to forget. And, uh, like a lot of people, I'm, you and I have had some bad ones, so I'll let you go first. Yeah. I mean, I've had so many bad ones and just so many disasters and so many where like I get on the phone with someone and they're like, uh, they're like, why, why don't you tell me what you think we do here? And <laughs> I'm like, I have no idea because I don't, I don't care at all. Uh, I just took this because maybe you want to pay me a lot of money or something. (laughs) But I, I just started a new job. So I was going to interviews and one that I thought of was I took an interview at some startup, like, you know, when they email you and you're like, this sounds like it would be the worst thing in the history of humanity, but I guess I'll go anyway. I don't know why we do that. Yeah. And he's like, I want you to meet with the co-founder and this like 25 year old kid who comes in and he's like, I went to Yale and me and my roommate were up late one night and we were like, wouldn't it be great? Like it was like, he read like 101 cool stories about your startup (laughs) and how it was founded. And immediately like we were, we talked for, you know, we said hello. And I immediately thought in my head, like you cannot pay me enough to work at this guy's company. (laughs) And he must've, he must've thought the same thing because he asked me one question and I answered it. And then he said, so do you have any questions for me? And I said, no, I think I have a thing. And it was, you know, less than 10 minutes of conversation. So I didn't have a picture of anything. And we were both like, all right, see you later. Like we were both just very open about the yeah. fact of like, <laughs> neither one of us has any interest in pursuing this. And then I still got an email like 14 days later. And it was like, we understand this is it's very disappointing to receive this news. And I was like, did you ask this guy for his notes? Cause we both were <laughs> three seconds away from telling the person to fuck off. Yeah. So anyway. Oh man. Uh, <laughs> mine's <laughs> actually pretty similar. Uh, also recent. I, uh, I, I took a new client and it's a fairly more, uh, well-known company. So I won't get into who it is, uh, for the sake of my career. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> um, it started off great. Uh, the, the people there were really easy to work with and, really clear about what they expected and they paid really well. So, uh, I just did it. And then, uh, I think it was, it was either the week before Christmas or the week of Christmas. I got an email from them that said that they had basically laid everyone off. Um, and that I was getting passed off to this guy who, oh man, I, I don't know how many of, I don't know how many of you out there work in tech startups currently <laughs> or have any experience with tech startups, but you know, there's always like, there's always like the one guy, who like doesn't do anything but read about startups in his free time. Like he goes to work at a startup. He like, <laughs> he like, he does like a two mile run and he stares at his Apple watch the whole time, like waiting for emails to come in. And then he like tells people about how hard he worked out um, and how he's just crushing it. And he's a rock star. And there's like all his tweets are like, 
about what's going on in startups and um that's the guy I got pa- that's the kind of guy I got passed off to and immediately I was like oh man this this is not going to go well was he was he a LinkedIn influencer not quite but he he aspiring aspiring I think um yeah I I almost said something that would have given it away and I I I just shouldn't but um yeah he's just like the exact kind of guy that you fear working with at a tech startup because you know that's all he has and he goes home and he keeps working and when he's not working he's reading about startups and it's just like oh my god this this is not the kind of person I want to be so (laughs) (laughs) um so and, and working with him was exactly what you would imagine he just just constant revisions and it, it got to a point where my hourly rate probably worked out to like eight dollars an hour for what I was doing, and I was like, I'm not doing this anymore. So I, I actually started digging through my contract to see how much notice I needed to give them to, to say I'm out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it turned out to be ten days, so I was like, okay, I can do this for ten more days. Um, but my in-laws were in town, and I, I see this email pop up, and the subject line was no subject, and I was like, oh, oh man, this is weird. And I open it up, and, and there's this guy telling me they no longer need my services. <laughs> like, you couldn't even write a subject line. What kind of... <laughs> I, I, I laughed, and I was also relieved, but like, who... Like, you have to be a certain kind of person to be that in love with working in startups or for startups or whatever to, to, to feel like your time is so valuable that you can't write a subject line to tell someone that they're, that you're, you're going to go in a different direction. <laughs> and, and he probably shares like posts on LinkedIn about proper email etiquette. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Or like how to treat people well <laughs> internally. And especially those, yeah. those people who are not full time and uh, doing contract work because they don't have a lot of rights and, you want to you want to treat them with with the and I, I bet he would use the word utmost instead of utmost, just like unwittingly, <laughs> yeah. um, and then like tell people on Twitter who try to correct a like three reasons why they're wrong. This is like that kind of guy. So anyway, uh, <laughs> um, it, it was I mean I was done and I I guess the feeling was mutual. Um, do you think I mean bringing it back to the trials? Do you think? <laughs> really fast do you think do you think there's anyone in the race who's kind of like i'm fit for this but also kind of over it and if they told me to go home i wouldn't be that mad <laughs> uh i feel like what that's all charged up but is abdi just collecting checks at this point i don't know <laughs> yeah maybe um i think what god thinks he's fired up but i think the first hill he hits he's gonna be like you know what yeah i'm ready to get fat now yeah it's like me at mile uh, 16 of uh, New York in 2018 where I like looked at a police officer and I, I, I said to her, I, I have no idea why I'm doing this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, well, this has been fun. Uh, and uh, like always, I'm going to give you a chance to promote, you know, where, you know, it, give people a chance to follow you on Twitter or Instagram or whatever. And um, but more importantly, uh, I, I mentioned this at the top. Joe has been my running coach for about two months and it's been great. So, um, if you are looking for someone to do, uh, more personalized work with and not just work off a sheet that, you know, that you downloaded off the internet, uh, really give them a shot. I I've been seeing a lot of, I've been seeing a lot of gains and gains. God, 
what kind of person have I become? Get those, um, get those gains. Yeah. But no, I've, I've noticed a lot of improvement. So I can speak from personal experience that Joe's no, Joe knows what he's doing and he really likes it. So um, how can people get in touch with you about that? Yeah. Well, on social, it's just your friend, Joey G uh, your friend, Joey G on Twitter, Instagram. Uh, so you can hit me up in one of those places, send me a message and, and yeah, like Rich said, I'm coaching a couple of people. I really like it. So, uh, if you feel like you're stagnating, if you feel like you're bored with running, if you feel like you just want to switch it up, uh, yeah, I really like having goals on the calendar and, and helping you, uh, work towards hitting them and if you know rich and you follow him on strava let's see how his uh results are turning out because i think they're going to be pretty good so yeah yeah, i would love to i'd love to help work with anyone else who's out there and and looking for a coach yeah i better i now i really better not f it up (laughs) because i i I mean i think i'm actually coming around after you know the the shock the shock to the system that is having a kid i mean i didn't even have a kid i just I just take care of the kid and I had a hard time bouncing back, but I think I'm coming around and I think a lot of that is, uh, is, is a credit to you. So thanks a lot for that. Yeah. yeah, And uh, thanks for forward to you crushing some PRs this uh, spring and summer and fall, you know? Yeah. Likewise. And thanks again for doing this. This was a lot of fun and a lot less, a lot less difficult than the, the Boston preview we did. So, um, for those of you who don't know, I, I think we fumbled around with this app that I was trying for like two hours. And uh, I was also trying not to wake up my, at that point, three-month-old baby. <laughs> so, uh, you know, if you disagree, let us know. Um, it, it'd be great if a lot of, I would even settle for a lot of complaints because it would mean a lot of you are listening, right? So anyway, thanks a lot, Joe. Uh, and uh, not sure when we'll do this again, but we probably will, right? unless you hated this <laughs> no we'll uh we'll be back yeah this is a lot of fun thanks for having me man hopefully we're right or wrong doesn't really matter excited for saturday yeah all right thanks so much yep later later